in order to uh, not make the whole library staff stay overtime like we did the very first time, we should get started. And there are a couple people here tonight that haven't been here before, so um, make special note. But let's just go around the, the table and, and refresh the memory of names of people that are back and remind ourselves of you know, those, but also to get to say hello to the people that, are, that haven't been here before. I see, I see a couple of friends, and, and it's, this friend has the same name as that friend, and so we're just going to be generally confused all evening. So anyway, Gig, start with you. You would be Gig, as it were. Oh, yay. Hi, Gig. 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 Um, <laughs> is that my phone? Is that my damn phone? Excuse me, I didn't say that. Uh, I think I think tonight, just to save time, just uh, gig is good. This is gig, and that's Tim. Tim, with is that right? Are you Tim? Okay, Tim, you are Adrian, right? And I'm so sorry. I'm going to turn the thing off. Why won't it turn off? Yay, AT&T just said goodbye to me. This is good. Okay, so we left off with Adrian, and this is Dore, and, and oh, Miss Cindy. Oh. <laughs> Sherry, and which means that she's interested in in poetry that comes out of Baltimore City. Yes, that's right. I'm putting yeah. in the archive in Baltimore City. Which is great. That's great. Good. And that's and you're and Sherry, right? Okay. Okay. I think I got it straight. I hope I hope we all know who we are at this point. Um, what you've got there in front of you is um, the t handout for tonight, which we'll get to in a minute. Which uh, um, we'll get to the front part of it in a minute. It's uh, uh, tonight is going global and looking at some forms and ex people's experiments in those forms that come from countries that are not originally English-speaking countries, which I think is a very good place to learn from. And um, I also on the t on the back of it, uh, the the folks here at Pratt were very kind and were and and actually ran off a. A group of poems that people had sent me by email and if your poem if you did send me your poem and Tim I know you're one of them and it's not there I may have sent an earlier draft and I apologize for that but I'll make up for it uh, uh, via email somehow uh, even though tonight is the last night I'll figure out a way to, to make it okay um, there's one poem that came in uh, just just before I was getting ready to come, actually, I mean, that's when I looked at it. It was late this afternoon. And so I gave that out separately, and it's by Carlene. And so that's on a separate page. But the other ones that came in earlier, with one or two exceptions, are on the back of the handout that uh, they printed off for me for tonight. So um, you should be there. But if you're not, and I know at least one person isn't, hi, Anne. Uh, I'll try to figure out some other way to disseminate it because a lot of you did give your uh, email addresses on the sign-up sheet. Uh, and it's coming around again. So if you didn't before but you have an email address, uh, 
put it on there and I'll make sure you get any uh, stuff that you aren't getting tonight. So um, what I'd like to do, and as always we are absurdly pressed for time, um, what I'd like to do now is to have the people whose poems are represented there from week one, poems that were in response to make a joyful or ugly or awful noise, um, and just read your poems to us and uh, uh, if we have any comments we'll make them real fast and then we'll proceed and uh, I should also ask if other people brought in poems uh, and as I'm sure you did poems that were based on last week's stuff which were the sonnet or the sonnet like things or the, the uh, forms that were represented on the traditional forms page how many people have a, a new poem for us this week Okay, I can't, everybody's being so shy, like raising your hands is like that. Yeah, and I know, I know you have some, so okay. All right, so let's, let's just have a, a quick reading of the ones from week one, and then we'll um, hear some from week two, and I again urge you to email them to me. I'll figure out a way, somehow, a way to share them um, visually, even though tonight all we can do is listen to them. So, okay, so first of all, basing it on the earliest ones, let's start with the ones that are actually visible here on the uh, printout. And to me, it looks as if, it looks very much as if we start, and they were in no particular order, they were in the order that I got them, uh, ExxonMobil by Robert. Robert, are you here? Where's that? Ooh, it's on, uh, okay. Just keep, okay, turn the last page over, and then what's revealed here is ExxonMobil. Oh, yeah. Okay, and also, is Leon here? Okay, if these people come in later, we'll give them a chance to read their poems. Look at them uh, if you get a chance. Uh, they are interesting poems. Um, let's see, we have Time Flies Like an Arrow. We have Two Ages by Anne. Uh, so we've got Doreen and... And, and um, then we'll l listen to some of the poems that are uh, based on last week's material. And then we will leap forth into the poetry that is based on forms that did not originate in English-speaking countries. So Doreen, start, please. Can you, have you found yourself on here? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. So. And that's my typo, by the way. I'm sorry. The arrow had a sharp point. It hit a couple of them in the joint. The arrow was flying, but that arrow had no guide. And the whole pack on your back, they pulled it out with a lot of tack. It's nothing like a good cowboy and Indian fight. Whoever was playing just knew it was right. The children don't get in this one. Did the Indian children really want? Okay. What form is this, I'm sorry? It was it was uh, it was based on when we were looking at some poems that were about sound, but oh, it's just no no. It wasn't although it actually is a specific form. Does anybody know what it is? And I bet some people in here do gig. 
Well, it could be a 12-line sonnet because it's got it's got a very specific rhyme scheme, and it could also be um, um, three stanzas of, of ballad meter. So either one. So actually, whether or not you intended to, it really is it really is in a form, and it's the form that's probably that comes most naturally to people that do speak English. So anyway, good. One of the things I wanted to comment was. Don't 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 ever be afraid if it seems logical to use approximate rhyme, which I know hurts your ear sometimes. But if it was a song, you wouldn't notice if the last line was when. I know you were you were rhyming with one, but yeah. you know what? If you put when and it was a song, people would say, "Oh yeah," because mm -hmm. it would have already taught us what the what the form is, and we would hear it in the form. So don't be scared of approximate rhyme. So. Um, Romping ever forward, um, and can we hear two ages? We heard it briefly, but we didn't get to see it. Hello. And this was in response to the sound, the exercise in sound. Right. I'm sorry. It's it's the way it printed out. Those little yeah, short eyes. Yeah. It says insert waffle. There's just no way to spell, is there? And it's just lucky when you can do it when you have to, too. Some people like me can't. Yeah. When did you start this? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? And um, Carlene, yours was the one that was on a separate sheet. So you've got that there, right? And you should have a copy of Carlene's. And I'm not sure whether that this came in in response to the um, assignment to try one of the traditional forms or whether it was about sound, because it does a lot of both. Well, it's a mixture. Um, I was more concentrating on the second part, okay. which is the second. Oh, OK. And we'll hear a lot, oh, some more but examples of that. Yeah, well, yeah, and also, and I think it's been true. It was true of Doreen's. It's true of a lot of them. If they don't make a sound, well, why even bother? You know, so sound is integral too to the traditional forms for sure. Okay, so let's hear yours, Carly. Indoor greenery are leaving their winter haven, bound for fresh air and droplets from the skies. Not all are well. One fungus later, on each leaf, the problem lies. Among my charges, one that does not flower. It does grow larger. A birthday gift is very lasting. The 27 rings somewhere in its tower. My orchids are not in such a hurry, producing only one tiny flower. More rays, more warmth must be acquired. The next year's blooms in their exotic glory. On my porch, the town is gathering. The hardy ones who stayed all winter. You know the Greek, oregano, and mint, and a tiny petunia of winter's remainder. My 
My green blood has been with me forever, passed to me from a gardener's father. Remembering years ago a sensitive part he had given to my second grade Mm. Now, what, and, and, you know, Rosalind, on account of you weren't here last time, you're giving me an excuse to review. And one of the things that we talked about last time was that originally sonnet just meant little song, and it was the rules were really basically it was supposed to be short, and it was supposed to have something that your poem really illustrates so well. And uh, do, you, do you remember what that is? Starts with V. Volta, the the turn, and your poem really takes a wonderful turn. And and did did people hear that? So she's talking about you know flowers that she's looking right at, and then and then where does the turn take it? Right, the father and the past, and and you know a real reflective tone, and that is so typical of what later became something that had the rule about fourteen lines and the rule about basically iambic pentameter. You chose to make your lines all basically the same length and to rhyme. So, you know, in, in uh, the 16th and 17th century uh, miscellanies, which is what they called magazines in those days, this would be under the heading of sonnets. Because it does that. It's short. It's, the lines are all essentially the same length. It's got a rhyme scheme. And the big thing is it's got the volta, you know, where everybody heard it turn and go into something deeper. Doreen, your poem turned too. You went from talking about little kids playing, and so I thought it got kind of political, but yeah, yeah. So, so it followed those rules for sure. Um, good segue into uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight. But first, let's hear some of what you all did after, after last week's. I'm sure you didn't just go home and get all sad and say, who can? Wait, Bob, Rob, Rob. Yeah, we we um, Exxon Mobil. Oh, read us Exxon Mobil. It's on there. It's if you turn over the last page of the fat handout, and then look over on the page right before that. There it is. So this is Exxon Mobil. Exxon Mobil. Exxon Mobil. Noble. No. Mobile. Same. Same bill. He was a young man in our weekend. Baseball, movies, football, campouts, girls, spring break. Now he is insurance salesman in Hartford. He doesn't speak to his family or old friends anymore. Exxon Mobil. Exxon Mobil. Yeah. You were having a good time there, weren't you? With um... When, what, what was the sound that sort of governed your decision? I mean, obviously, ExxonMobil is the big um, at, at mobile and noble and sable and noble. And, uh, I, I like the uh, X. And yeah. The o. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. And also, I, I wanted to go on from here and think of XOXO, you know, kisses and hugs and. Could get just could have endless fun with that. Supposedly, something like ten years of research went into choosing the name Exxon because if you remember what Exxon used to be, Esso, sure, and they they chose the double X because almost no language has a double X. 
course, people are always thinking of you know exceptions to that, but yeah. So that was that that was their big in their branding. So they they were heavily into the poetry of X and O too. But you were into the sound and. Yeah. But I wondered why, in the third stanza, why, why did you say now he is an insurance? I didn't see any point in the article. Just the letter just goes straight to it. Because everything else is practically standard. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought so too, but then I came up with an explanation. Anybody want to justify it? And Bob, you don't even get to. <laughs> Anybody want to think that there's a reason why that might work well not being there? The Anne. These are huge decisions. You know you're a poet if you care about Anne and Ah uh, and the difference between Ah uh, and Ah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound right, counts. But I was thinking you were thinking line, and you wanted to say he is insurance. Because now he's solid gold, even though he's a boar and a drag. At least that's what I, you know. I don't know. Sometimes you have to think about what the line says. Yes. Oh, just say your name again. Philip Vaughn. I am so sorry. Yeah. I think you've got I think you've got your own poem going there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and if you want I gotta recommend this. And what part what part of the world? Everybody who's interested in pursuing the idea of Esso, Elizabeth Bishop has a wonderful poem. Standard oil. And say, tell us your name again. Okay, to call you Philip. Good. You, you brought up another point, uh, Philip, that I wanted to recommend to everybody for the definitive filling station poem back when Esso was still Esso, read Elizabeth Bishop's The Filling Station. And she point, in, in this filling station, all the cans of Esso get of oil are turned so that if you read them out, it go, they go Esso, so, 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 so. So, because the the SO is all you can see, and it's a wonderful poem, and you'll love it. In this poem, uh, it's on, it, it also, the, the construction of it, it's like uh, it's getting Exxon squeezing out. Man. Yeah. You know, it's like it's. Oh, it funnels him out and squirts him out. Oh, my goodness. 
that's sort of in line with with Phyllis' point also. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad. Where'd you go? I'm glad you got here to to read it to us. And Leon, uh, read us your poem. And this one came. This one was a. a we all recognized we needed to see it because it's a it's a long and compli- complicated poem. So Leon, it's on. Do you have the handout? And if you if you turn over the last page, and then look at what comes up before your eyes, your poem will be there. Okay. Yes, a change. Leon's poem is yeah. Just take the last page of the handout, flip it over, and there's exactly there's yeah the beginning of Leon's poem. And did did you get a Michelle? Did you get a handout? Okay. Remember, this is Rochelle, and here she is. Okay, Leon, you're on. Yeah. Oh, and good. Thank you for, for standing up because we're a little, a little squished. This point is a change. I was lost in this fear. Am I, should I, did I wander in fear? I fainted in my daily affairs. And flawless emotion appears, and sadness disappears. My echoed voice, that sounding trumpet, and sadness disappears. No more sickness, no more pain. To thee I gave words of praise, and then I knelt to the cross of Calvary. Oh, thou glorious cross, a cross that art was sinful for. I hunkered my feet to the side ground. Dear, amend my broken heart. The joy I felt will never depart. He sheltered me from distress. He opened doors of success. The change abound the starry night. The change beyond the crimson clouds. He owned the sanctuary of my new name. Oh, change. The change that gave me life to you. My thoughts of emotion, my thoughts of emotion, my open minds to the creation of my own devotion. Beautiful change, big to change, sweet, better to change. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yay. It's a beautiful poem. I'm glad we got to hear it again and also to follow it along. But um, this, as some of you recall, this one this one came in after week one, and it was you know in the joyful noise theme, and it's got that burst of trumpets. But there's so much joyful noise in this poem. Wow. Yeah. Was anybody uh, here at the City Lit uh, Festival on Saturday to hear um, um, Ed Hirsch and yes. and uh, Tom Lux read? Yeah, it's good, wasn't it? Wasn't it something? Well, but you know, I bet there's a podcast, and and or you could, yeah, I know there are other ways to hear them, but their poems make such wonderful sounds, also. Do you remember, Tim, what uh, I believe it was? I don't remember which of them that was answering this, and somebody was, he was saying, people are always saying, well, why don't you write traditional form rhymed poetry? I bet oh, you yeah, couldn't. Yeah, and do you remember that. what he said? That was Tom Lux. It was Tom Lux. Well, he, he said something. I, I might have had a uh, strong word or two. 
but he said something like, what poem were you listening to? Yeah. His, his rhymes are internal. They don't have to be at the end of line. Right. Like, uh, um, uh, there was one that's just struck out, struck out so clearly. Maybe some of you can locate it, too. Um, there was a lot of internal rhyme in uh, Leon's poem, and that is not me. I turned my dog. Uh, oh, it's a, um, yeah, there's a lot of good repetition, but there was um, my echoed voice, the sounding sadness. I, hmm, I'm having trouble. Oh, just like the change abound, the starry nights, the change beyond the crimson clouds. Abound and beyond also pretty much rhyme. They're a very close approximate rhyme, and they're right in the middle of lines. But this poem is very rich in, in both internal and, and external rhyme. Nice, nice job. Um, okay, so let's, let's hear a few that came in, a few others that came in in response to the idea of experimenting in the form of the sonnet or... Uh, maybe some of you even tried a little bit of uh, blank verse, the da dum da dum da dum with variations. Volunteers? Right, well, I'd love, yeah, the one that I somehow managed not to. Yes, there's that one, so hold on to that. And also, right after that, Razan, I know you write uh, sonnets frequently. Right, and we haven't even gotten there yet, so. Okay, let's, so let's hear, let's, is yours in a fairly strict form? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's hear from Tim first. Were you, were you also well, writing in a strict sonnet form? I was writing in a bouncing on the bus form because when I told you I wrote... <laughs> That's a good it, way. Uh, I told Clorinda at the end of the day that I wrote a sonnet on the way down to the lit festival on the bus, but that it was hard to do because the bus was bouncing. And she said, oh, I write sonnets on the bus all the time. <laughs> I do. And I, so I on the way it, back, yeah. I wrote another one, and I thought it stunk, and then a poet friend of ours, Fernando Piano. Oh, he's a good guy, yeah, know? sure. Well, when I went back to erase it, he put on there, he said, my friend Tim Ward wrote this. <laughs> so he put it back. He called me un unrepressed genius, and I, I thought, well, I guess so i got to keep it. The poem, so, background poem. An iambic pentameter sonnet on a bus off feet and all ten toes have shoes is not an easy thing to think or write by five-fingered hand that's holding fast. And counting on the other hand, one, two, and two, and two, ah, uh, chew, oh, foo, begin again, the count's not lost, oh, foo. The pennant slipped without my grip, gosh darn. Oh, well, I said I took a break, oh, shoe. Back at your hand. I've almost wrote a small song here to sing. At last the words are rhythmic in them. I'll send to print this accident of words. Sing, sing this song all day, night long, and more. It is so done, I had such fun. Goodbye. I'm glad. I'm glad that that he rescued that. What fun! Well, yeah. I got. I, I thought I can't even read this one to mom. Now, mom is dead, so she wouldn't mind too much. Well, <laughs> and, and I went back to get it, and and you know, and I said, Fernando, don't, don't, you know, Fernando, well, Clorinda, and a few other people have finally encouraged me to 
just no matter what I think of it, to write it down. But also, I think it was very handy to have your fingers with you because clearly that does yeah, have a, a very, a very clear-cut <laughs> rhythm, and it helps. That's I mean, truthfully, I think that's part of the origin of the origin of the the pentameter line. People can count it out on their fingers. They don't even have to take their shoes off, but if they want to write a longer poem, they can. But uh, yeah, da dum da dum da dum da dum da dum. And then, oh the, right, you got to have the shoes off for fourteen. But it's there. Yes, I did. I did. In fact, yes. Go ahead and say it again. Did you get the fun about the foot? Yes. Remember, we talked about for people that are not all that familiar with putting a poem together, the the little the little chunks, the the dums are called feet. It's just another word for you know a standard measurement. And um, I had a friend who told me today I must share this that instead of a poet, you know, you know how you say to an actor, break a leg before they go on stage. So what do you say to a poet? And he said, break a foot. I, said, I, I had never, in 73 years, I had never thought of break a foot of a heart. Yes, there it is. Oh, anyway, uh, now we all have something to say for the, to somebody about to give a poetry reading and who is nervous. So, okay. Um, Let's hear your strictly form. Actually, yours sounded like it was strictly form too. It's just you downplayed it. Yeah, but you you got the rest of it down. Rosalind, yeah. It's called zero. The number zero reminds me of sleep. What is that country's name we inhabit? Hand me a frame, and I will exhibit a number memories can't pin down or keep. In sleep's endless domain, we plant, then reap, unbuckle time in formless dimension, past, present, future in liquid suspension, as watchtower dreams emerge from the deep. Zero's one name for that foreign nation, a place we journey yet plan not to stay, knowing our essence is swallowed away to gain those gifts of rejuvenation, which have no weight, size, or shape to display. Numbers times zero are nothing to see. So in sleep, we're nothing and cease to be. Wow. Yay. Beautiful. Yeah. Hmm. That's Petrarchan, isn't it? Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, it's one of the forms. I copy the forms. Yeah. You know, I go through. I, I, th I thought I heard that. There's just, there's, as well, many yeah, of you is, know, there's different brands, thing, different yeah. brands of rhyme scheme, yeah. which we didn't even. Yeah, it sort of does have something. I no, mean, it's, it's, it's a um, very formal form. It is. It's I just not. I don't know what it's called. The, the, the I second. I copied it, and it has the end of the vault at the yep. end. Yep, and these lines are, are in the yeah. Petrarchan they're all, form. they're all ten. Nice. Beautiful. Wow. Okay. Other other experiments. By the way, do you really believe that that in sleep we are nothing? I'm yes, just curious. Yes, I do because it's the only thing I can relate to that's zero. Oh. And zero didn't even exist until yeah. the Right. Otherwise, we were stuck with those Roman numerals, and you can't do squat with them. Yeah. Oh, oh, but you're also thinking of zero then as positive. I'm just no, wondering because you know, see, when I sleep, I'm a mermaid. Oh. I write science poetry. Wow, interesting. 
Interesting. Math, do you, the, the number of poets who were also either mathematicians or adept mathematicians is well, enormous. Lewis Carroll of uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Alice in Wonderland's author was a mathematician and very uh, fascinated with numerology as well. Other other yeah, poems yeah. that were written in response to last week. Okay. Well. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Philip. So we're making something enormous out of it, and our and our whole ability to do math is also our our Western ability. Yeah. Okay. So, damn it, it's something. <laughs> Okay, poems that came in response to anything we talked about yesterday. I mean, less, you know what I mean by yesterday. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yes, and that segues segues us right into the non-Western, non-English-based forms. So I just before we do that. Let me just ask if anybody else has a poem that that didn't get emailed to me, but that you did write and would like other people to listen to. Did anybody else try us on it? Can I submit one? Certainly, Leon. Hmm? Can I submit another one? Sure. You mean right now? Okay. Do you want me to? Do you want to read it now? Sure. Go ahead. And then right after you, Anne. Leon, while you're looking, and right. you got it. Okay, okay, that's fine. We'll get right back to you. And you said you did like that when I said did anybody try it on it. Okay, a, a pre-sonnet. That's a good thing. I write a lot of those. Yeah, a proto-sonnet. feel that it would have to be made into something more formal and form? I mean, it's got lots of sound and echo. Well, 
first three stand stands aside with A, A, and then of course, you could always use the Volta excuse. Oh, my, the change in my poem here is that I abandoned the rhyme scheme. And actually, traditionally, sonnets, the, the last six lines did rhyme differently. Lovely. Okay. Other comments? I didn't need to hog all the comment time. It's the indoor airplane effect. Yeah. Right. Woohoo. Mm. Tim. Was it one of the two poems, Ed Hirsch, oh, oh, uh, Ed Hirsch or, or Tom Lux, uh, when, when you were talking about the, uh, the rhyme and all that, and someone pointed out to him after he said that, that at the very end he had a mm. rhyme. And the neat thing was, I'm, I'm think, I put that together with the, I thought he'd be here tonight, but the fellow with the beard, I think he taught me, that sat towards the back. I rode the bus up there, but I don't know his name. Okay. No, um, Bushier beard. He was there Saturday also. Anyway, yeah, he said okay. yeah. that trying to rhyme things, and that's why I just I just let it fly. Mm. Well, all of my stuff was sure. rough, and I'm not worried about it. But this guy said one really nice thing about the free verse. Just you know, go go for the rhymes here and there, the internal mm. rhymes. Maybe they're they're consonants and not vowels because um, the, the the oohs and eyes and e's and you know the sounds that we're doing, or even the consonants like p's uh, and k's and n's and that's but this woman asked him a question. He said, well, you said that, and then you rhymed at the very end. And he said, because an end rhyme can snap a poem yeah. And I thought that was one of the neatest, um, no adjectives, one of the neatest things that I had heard. I, I'm glad you brought that up. What, the end rhyme? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did add that kind of under his breath. Okay, but who sitting here can delve back into their memory, even as far back as high school? There was another really famous poet who used couplet rhyme, like two lines that rhymed, to snap something shut. Okay, Shakespeare's theaters did not have curtains; they weren't that kind of stage. The, the rhymed couplet at the end of a, of a scene was the curtain coming down. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the snapshot, it's the curtain coming down. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Ed or Tom, I'm sure it was Tom Lux, but I'm sure they knew that real well. But, but it works. It works now. It works today. It's a fun thing to do. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of poets do that, and a lot of poets who do that, and I sometimes one of them also thinks we do that too often. So... You know, but it's it's such a good device. So why not? And if it works, it works. I mean, I believe in the poetic situation ethic. If it works, it works. You know, if it works, you got away with it. A lot of us have trouble finding out the way to say. I'm finished, yeah. It's true. And have you ever noticed that when you were 
when you were very young and writing compositions, your whole first paragraph was about, please, may I have, you know, may I have permission to say something? And so you go on and on and on, and then you get to the end and you say, and to sum up, um, um, this whole paper has been about this, and um, I guess I'm going to close now. Thank you very much. I mean, it's like you can't think of a way to stop. And I think these, these cues that we can start, start, and that we can just stop are very difficult. Yeah, Doreen. Have any um, poor, poor person ever read their poetry and someone cries yeah. after mm -hmm. the end of their poetry after the reading? It's a good and moment. Anybody actually bust out and cry over somebody else's work? I have cried over someone else's work. Yeah. Yeah. I have never seen it. I mean, I have watched TV when um, they're at a club and they got a poetry reading mm -hmm. going on and it doesn't look so promising mm -hmm. on TV. Yeah. It's like they look at them like, you know, weird, but to actually see someone read, mm -hmm. I have never seen anybody probably go and... Oh, well, you should have you know, been there on Saturday because my friend that I was sitting next to when Michael Saltzman was reading his poem called Song it was a yeah, and and uh, he uh, yeah. Lorraine sitting next to me actually actually was crying. So it, it happens, and it's a great moment if you can make the audience do that. Of course, it's best if they do that in the right places. Yeah, huh? yeah. But Leon, you found your poem, and let's hear. It. And, and a little bit louder because it's so, there's From lots of the echo. Of Hamburg did I call. I ran for refuge, but there was no passage. The God I know, have I rage, my rage, my age, my age, mm -hmm. he told me that age, he set me free. Oh, oh, he set me free. Down on my bended knees, sorrows and have the urge to ask Leon how you feel about rap because rap is yeah I mean I, I mean this in the best possible sense because I think good rap is that makes the most brilliant incredibly brilliant use of rhyme and repetition and you have clusters of three rhymes together 
that I notice a lot in, in, in really well-crafted rap. And I was just wondering, do you, do you like rap? Do you hate rap? Do you, I'm just curious. Because the, the rhyming dexterity that you show with very serious themes and passionately felt you know, language reminds me a little bit of that dexterity that you find in really good rap. So I was just curious. I, I can't tell whether you would be a person who really dislikes it or... I'm really back in the class where you are with the other people who are my real But um, my teacher really said, we have to do a lot of writing. Yeah. But what he says to me, yeah. I should write essays and so on. But what he says to me that um, I, should, I should not focus on poetry too much. So much yeah. Yeah. Essay, right? It's addictive, <laughs> isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah. You get big. When you write an essay, that's when you get yeah. It is true. And they're different, di almost like different dialects. But what were you saying, Gary? Oh, I thought you I thought you were actually saying something. But it was it was Wordsworth who whatever you think about Wordsworth's poetry, I some I like some, I think he wrote too much, but that's another uh thing altogether. But he was a incredibly brilliant, very, very, very ahead of his time, quite radical critic. And one of the things he said that in his time was just considered, oh my God, was that the best qualities of good prose and good poetry are really not all that different. And good prose is going to be rhythmic, good, I mean, your essay is going to be rhythmic and uh, too, if it's going to, you know, affect the reader. I mean, Martin Luther King was not a poet, but he was one of the most brilliant uh, of rhetoricians of all time, and it was about rhythm as well as the, of course, the content. Yeah. I'm a student of a soloist. Yeah. And um, the poetry is helping my writing flow. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the rhyming is, is, it's not rhyming, but it's flowing. I can read back over it, I can eliminate yeah. words. Right. And, and make it just flow. Yeah. You know, at the end, you know. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that. And a lot of people will also say that that getting serious about poetry can also slow down your administrative writing or your business writing because you actually do start caring about, you know, not repeating yourself. Sometimes sometimes you have to you're real in a hurry, you don't have time to write something short, so you write something long. You know what I mean? But if you have time you can go back and make it crisp. Hang on one second, Philip, because there's going to be a lot more to respond to in one second. Okay? Um, I, I, I drafted Rosalind to, to read out loud because I got so sick of myself, and I know she'd do a great job. Switching abruptly, grinding gear shift here, to poems that are based on forms that were not originated in any English-speaking country. Um, I wanted to start, start with one of my favorite poems in the whole world, which is a form known as the guzzle. I know you should, it looks like it should be guzzle, but it isn't. It's called a guzzle, and it's, uh, or so it's, that's a close pronunciation. It originated in Persia many, many years ago. It's, 
it can be made into a very complicated form, but basically it's pretty simple. And this poem that I love so much, I hope you love it a little bit too, The Hip Hop uh, Guzzle by Patricia Smith, uh, illustrates the form, which means you have a recurrent word. It occurs in a couplet, both lines, and then it recurs again in every following couplet. And at the end, you're supposed to stick in a version of your own name. It's like a signature. And that's, those are among the main rules that come into English in the Persian form, known as the, uh, the very old Persian form known as the guzzle. And uh, would, you, would you do us the honor, Rosalind? Um, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You got it. Um, you gotta love us brown girls munching on fat, swinging through hips, necked out in shells and splashes of blood, and bring them woo hips. As the jukebox teases, watch my sister's throat, the heart break, inhaling bass line, bass line, cracking okay, backbone and singing through hips. Like something bones, we glide silent. Seeping between floorboards, wrapping around the hymns, and ooh, we clinging like blue hips. <laughs> engines grinding, engines grinding, rotating, smoking, gotta pull back some. Natural minds are lost at the mere sight of green hips. Gotta love us girls, just strutting down Manhattan streets, killing the men folk with a dose of that steam view. Hips. Crying about getting old. Patricia, you need to get up off that God gave you. Say a prayer and start slinging. Hips. Yay! Yeah. 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 That was submitted in July or August. Yes, Poetry Magazine, which is some, some of you are familiar with, it's got to be the premier poetry magazine in the United States, but in the summer it has an issue called Summer Break, and this is from an issue that had a sort of a, like one of those inflatable toys with a little seahorse head on it, but, and the, the seahorse had the letter P on it, and the letter P was at, no, the letter P was actually in the little inflatable toy. So it was a little joke like P in the ocean because, you know, anyway, it was their idea of a little joke. I kind of thought it was cute. And they had a lot of poems in there that were written in traditional forms because traditional forms are very conducive to being comic because we just love it. Like, I think we cuddle up like little kids to those repeated sounds. I cuddled up like a little kid listening to you read that, Rosalind. Whoa. Woohoo. Yeah, which is not at all your native idiom, but you sure you sure you sure cheated well. Sears and soars the depth of a soul's journey. 
on a blissful April morning while listening to the pleasant sounds of famed 70s guitarist Everhard Weber, he added a distinctive string on his electric guitar, then wrote the song, Bird Out of a Cage. Perhaps I'm just pleased with a similar learning experience. Thank you, Melissa. The sheer delight of your magical presence is beyond words and kindness as you truly live the essence of artful communication. Respectfully, Rosalind. Oh, I'm going to cry. Hey, you want to see somebody cry? <laughs> oh. Well, I am unworthy, but thank you so much. This is gorgeous. Uh, absolutely, and I, I, I would love that. I would hate it when this is over and it's over so soon. <laughs> but, but, but I just okay. I do, I do, and I want to make sure that I have everybody's email before before we get out of here. And if not, if you don't have email, I mean, that's perfectly fine. I have, I have like envelopes and stuff, and I would, I would be happy to print out anything that I have that could be of use to you and, and mail, postal mail it to you. I can do that and I like to keep the post offices open too. So, you know, that, that would be that would be perfectly fine. I, you know, I, I'm taking refuge, so I'll stop being sort of teary here. I'm taking refuge school marmishly. I loved the way the guitarist with the extra string came in there. That was didn't didn't you like that so much where I mean and, and she didn't say and like unto the guitarist with you know you didn't explain it you just you just brought that image that so resonates in there and it says so much it's a well, wonderful you poem. Know, I've had my hand at this for some time and hopefully will continue and you just one hopes you give us so many good materials to work with you know and I do I, I hope you don't feel bombarded I mean I I didn't know where to you know I was just getting I'm just having a wonderful well, time I smashing stuff together Oh, good. Some very yeah. and, and that's thanks also to, I mean, you all who have been so incredibly helpful in putting stuff together. It's just amazing. Well, what, here's what let's do, because of course we have no time left. And, and I mean, we do have time, but we don't have a, a lot of time. And I, oh, wait a minute, I've been ignoring people over there. Is it, let's just forge ahead for a minute, and then I will make sure I get back to you all within seconds. But I just don't want to. Uh, I'm going to skip the whole section on haiku, which are a wonderful short form. Uh, many of you did these in elementary school, and it requires uh, to have your shoes off again, Tim, because uh, but you can ignore three of your toes because supposedly the entire uh, poem has 17 syllables. And later scholars said, oh no, that's even way too long because in Japanese, punctuation counted as uh, a syllable. So an actual Japanese haiku would be better translated as 353. Three. And that's a really short poem, and uh, it certainly keeps you from going on and on and on, doesn't it? And it makes a very nice haiku. F I mean, it makes a very nice little stanza form too, because they each kind of have to be separate, but they can also be hooked together to make a poem. And we may try, we may try a couple of them uh, in a minute ourselves in here. And by the way, there's another a haiku-like poem. It's also 17 syllables. This is on page five. And it's called the Seniru. I don't know how to say it. Seniru. Seniru. I'll, I'll write it down. It's it's. Um, 
Sinaru, or Siniru, or Sinaru, I, I don't know. Uh, I wish I did. I never said it out loud until this moment. Oh, should have researched that. But anyway, it's, it's 17 syllables, but it, instead of being philosophical and uh, nature-oriented, they're kind of mildly cynical and kind of funny. And um, um, I have two examples on page five that are one by Robert DeLuty, and he's a serious writer of Senaru, and one by Clorinda, who is not a serious writer of Senaru, but I thought, well, I couldn't find Robert's book. So I thought, well, I've got to have an example on here. So I thought, all right, I could do this. I'll take off my shoes, Tim, and I'll count out to 17. But I wanted to get to the Villanelle, which is, I admit that it's French, and it's not as, it's not as exotic as, as the... Uh, the guzzle, and it's not as non-Western as the haiku, and it's somewhat more familiar. But it's just such a great thing to do with two good lines. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've written, often in my sleep, two lines that I think, wow, where did they come from? And often they didn't come from me. Often they're like something I, my brain quoted. And I'm thinking, I want to put them in a poem, but then I think, oh, well, there's no hope that the rest of the poem can possibly be that good, especially since I am not the writer of the book of Ezekiel. And my two lines that are in the poem that I used is one of my own, shamelessly. It's a variant villanelle called Villanelle from Ezekiel. And there were two great lines, and I really did one night think of them, and it was a dialogue in the Bible. And, and it went like this. God was having a little test of the prophet Ezekiel, and he said, he pointed to a pile of human bones and said, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's answer, answer was, O Lord God, thou knowest. And I thought, what an attitude. I, th I took it to mean, O Lord God, thou knowest. Like, yeah, those bones can live. I thought it was kind of defiant. And then I didn't realize that it was, he was saying, only you, God, know the answer to that. So I stole those two lines. What better place to steal two lines that are great, and then build them into a poem of your own. And I would be willing to bet you, and we'll never know, that Dylan Thomas, when he came up with his famous repeated lines that are on the uh, previous page, one of the most famous of all Villanelle's, when he came up with, do not go gentle into that good night, rage, rage against the dying of the light. Right. Oh, yes, because he can make you cry if he was reading the phone book. But when he's reading this, he is yeah, is delirious. Uh, yeah. Everybody's got their own interpretation. Yeah. Have you ever heard anything more misapplied than rage, rage against the dying of the world? Right. It's usually read nowadays at funerals where they're yeah. trying to say, oh, oh everything's. You know, everything's fine, we're all happy, he's dead, like what? My father yeah. knows that I read more poetry than anyone else. He's, what is it now? Six and a half years ago, my mother, you know, take her off the damn machine. Yeah. You know, let her go. It's, 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 it's. And well, he said, he turned to me and he said, what, what's that, that poem, Rage Against the Dying of the Light? And I thought, oh man, get the hell out in the lobby. Yeah. You're the one raging, not her. Yeah, but see, I Let think I go. think I think you're arguing with the sense of the poem, which yeah, is that you yeah, should. Yeah, okay, that's but that's good. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. I'm it's sorry. Not the dying person, sorry. but the grieving person. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, you and you and Dylan Thomas are having a big fight here, and it's a good fight, and it's 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 a great fight. And and the thing is, it's also I have the feeling that when he came up with those two lines, he knew that the Villanelle was the form for him because they're just so good, and they're pretty hard to top. But if you're writing a Villanelle, you don't have to top them. You just have to repeat them in a certain pattern, and it's more fun than anything. And I bet. We're going we're gonna to listen to any Villanelles that came in tonight, which they didn't have to because we haven't been in it, but I happen to know that Roz over here has a Villanelle of her own. So you'll model the behavior for us. I bet you anything, we have almost 15 minutes. We could write a Villanelle in here, or at least part of one right now. So let's, but, but and, and I'll, I'll go over with you what the, the rules are, which really are about just repeating, having two great lines and then repeating first one and then the other. And then finally at the end they come together. You can write a perfectly fine villanelle that's only about four, uh, four short stanzas long. So let's hear your villanelle. Okay. It's called Digging a Grave with Your Tongue. <laughs> it matters not if you're old or you're young. Or you're bound to be hungry. When you talk, you dig a grave with your tongue. Success is a ladder to climb rung by rung, but be cautious on guard, aware and alert. It matters not if you're old or you're young. Your words are a trap that waits to be sprung. Learn to be silent, a wise rule to insert. When you talk, you be the grave with your heart. Beware colleagues, workers, those you're among, since no boss is your friend, benign and alert. It matters not if you're old or you're young. Don't judge the above counsel bizarre or far flung. Don't think me some repressed sad issue. When you talk, you dig a grave with your tongue. They waited, listened, smiled, and then stunned. That's why I'm a failure, treated like dirt. It matters not if you're old or you're young. When you talk, you dig a grave with your tongue. That's just about the scariest poem I've heard in a long time. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Wow. Oh, that's ferocious. Wow. Read us your two repeated lines. It matters not if you're old or you're young when you talk to your Okay, so I, I just I just abbreviated it here. Roz just illustrated very beautifully the, the Villanelle form. You've got these two lines, and you have little bitty three-line stances. Well, yeah, if you're really, really doing it the traditional way they do. But on the other hand, if you do something I recommend, which is just steal your two lines, they're apt not to rhyme. But the main thing is the repetition. Start out with one of your Bafo great lines and stick another line in the middle and then your second repeated line comes up. And then you have another little stanza where you have the two lines that just do whatever they feel like doing. And then you repeat that first line and then you write another little stanza where you repeat the second line. And then you write another stanza that's the only one that has four lines, two lines that are not these, and then the two lines come together. And it's, it's a bizarrely simple form. Now, when you're rhyming, it, and also when you have a theme that is really strong and intense, it becomes not simple at all. But the form itself is kind of, is kind of simple. Yeah, I'm sorry, move. Yes, I shall. 
<laughs> yeah, three. Well, the very end, there's two lines, and then the two lines come together. But here's what I would suggest. Be right. That's the sticky wicket with a Villanelle. Because if you happen to be from most, well, I think from any English-speaking country, and, and from a lot of non-English but Western countries, we're very accustomed to thinking in fours. And the Villanelle sneaks up on you because its little stanzas, all except the last one, are in three lines. And that's oddly difficult for a person that's accustomed to English. And so here's my suggestion right now. And you don't have to complete it, but we can make, get started on. Think of two lines that you think are interesting. Now, they don't have to be quite as fabulous as Roz's two lines. Say your two lines again. Oh, uh, yeah. It matters not if you're old or you're young, when you talk, you take a grave with your tongue. And your lines could rhyme or not rhyme, because tonight we don't have time to do the, the trickiness of the, the rhyme that also rolls along throughout. If they happen to rhyme, and a lot of you are really good rhymers, that would be fine. Just think of two lines, and you can steal them, too. Hmm? Did, did you abbreviate your or you are? Oh, um, your, yeah. Well, I also made, you had to make it ten, ten beats. Let's not worry about line length right now. Yes. I mean, the, uh, traditionally, I mean, yes. Or iambic pentameter, which is not quite the same. Yeah. You can do it by counting syllables. But I'm suggesting, don't, don't even bother right now. Let's just see if we play with the two lines and the uh, having them repeat. And when I say steal some lines, what about stealing survey in progress? Please do not reshelve. <laughs> now, they don't rhyme, but I think they would be two wonderful lines to build into a villanelle, and I think I'm going to do that right this minute. Has everybody got something to write with or on? Sure. It's also quite rhythmic. Survey in
Ooh. Those are such wonderful lines. All you have to do, of course, they could all be a poem in themselves because they do all relate to each other. You could either just put them together as is, or you could use each one of these would make wonderful lines. Can I can I read you Doreen's lines? She was just coming up with two 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 set. She has three sets of two lines. I'm having trouble with the first one. I'm going to read the time is many things. It shows us where we've been. Okay, they'd be wonderful lines to repeat throughout a villanelle. Christianity is a story all by itself. See how quietly it is kept. Yeah, I mean these would they would be wonderful lines to repeat for a villanelle because because the only time they have to come together is at the very end. But there's there's so much space for other thinking in there. The end is where the two lines come together at last. Like if you were going to, and you don't have to, of course, but if you were going to make, let's see, the one about time, you're, you'd start out something like, and, and everybody who's busy writing, just pretend we're not saying anything. Time is many things. Um, the ticking of the clock isn't all. It shows us where we've been. And then eventually the, those two lines would come back together. But... In the, in the next stanza would end with time is many things, and then the next stanza would be it shows us where we've been. It's really it's a fun because they are such good lines. It might be fun to play with them. It gives you a chance to take them further, but also to say them a whole lot, which is which is the trick that that works well, works so well for Dylan Thomas. So. Anybody else want to read us your, at least your two lines or as far as you've got? And and I always tell my you know my regular you know student as opposed to friends, classes, uh, can we all pre preface everything we say by, this is really awful, but, okay, I mean, like, this is really awful, I mean, it really is, too, but it, I was just trying to play very quickly with, you know, the form, so, and it truly is awful, but I'm not at all ashamed because um, I don't think, I'm sure Dylan Thomas didn't write his Villanelle in three seconds at a, at a flipboard, so, other people who at least have their two lines that they'd like to play with further or actually made some progress on. Now, I see things happening on pieces of paper. And I'm not going to call out Carlene because that would just be too mean. But, no, didn't, you look like you, you've got some stuff there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It is, isn't it? I mean, we're writing and we're we're joining a community of so many words. Wow. Yeah. 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 Good. No, but it's it's a it's a wonderful start and it is inspiring. Anybody else have have ideas? I definitely stand behind stealing them when you're in a hurry. I mean I'm all about appropriation. We don't call it theft anymore, folks. We call it appropriation. And I loved that sign because it was so rhythmic. But okay. hang on one second, because Cindy beat you to the hand up. Um, I'm 
Oh, that's the best source. Oh, in the darkness of my eyes. Wow, nice. That could actually sort of almost be trimmed into a couple of haiku and stop there because the, because the imagery is so strong. That's another thing. The great thing about this incredible variety of forms, they, I mean, not that you have to be in form at all. Of course, you're welcome to make up your own form. And there's no such thing as a poem with no form. That is what's often known as a blob. I mean, you know, some words that are just lying there. I mean, everything you write has form. It's just whether or not you chose a form that had ever been used before. I've always told students, a poem with no form is not the definition of free verse. It's the definition of really lousy verse, you know, where words have no reason to be together at all. But your, your poem, your words already do have a reason to be together, of course. But if you want the excuse of saying, and by the way, I'm also making a, you know, you might want to try making that into a couple of haiku rather than trying to build it into a villanelle. Or try a villanelle because it's headed somewhere. What do you think? Do you think it's the way you already want it to be? Yeah. But uh, I know where it's headed, but I'm not sure how to get there. That's where the fun is. Yeah, struggling with the how to get there. Good. And and I think Leon, you did you have your hand up? I thought I'm sorry. I thought you had your hand. I thought I saw a flicker of. Was it was it Rob? Well, Tim, and oh, get, yeah, give, 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 give a chance, okay? Um, attendance at all three workshops is desired, <laughs> where I will draft some chicken scratch or shit. Rhythm and rhyme are preferred, but not required. Uh, yeah. <laughs> can we can we inscribe that on something? And you know, yeah, really. <laughs> it speaks to does it speak to our hearts? Yeah. You can see why gig was fun to have in class as an undergraduate. Um, livened life up a lot those years ago. And that just sounds so uber, you know. We don't want to be doing that. And Rochelle, you look like you had a hand up also. And I see stuff on the page, so you can't squirm out. Oh, also 
another clear view. Talk to her to see what lies on the earth. I have persevered with lady. Talk to her to see what lies on the earth. Nice. <laughs> so you just sat there and wrote that. Well, now, I don't think that's right. I mean, it's such a great thing, and it's so totally finished, and, huh. It did, you know, take the line from the student to come up to the and it happened plain. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wow, does that work or what? Okay, there's a ton of stuff. We've already run into the overtime of the Inuk Pratt Free Library's very patient staff. Um, I'm so sad that we are done. I can't believe it. I'm sorry that my timing was such that it didn't give us a chance to do some great, you know, baffo, wonderful goodbye. But, but um, I don't think we should because you're all going to make sure that I have your email. Will I have everybody's either email or postal addresses? I, uh, most of most of them were on the original sign-up list, and if yours, if you're not sure whether yours is there, perhaps on your way out, because you also have this other chore, which is um, um, the evaluations. Yeah, so uh, we need to bring this to a close, and I just cannot thank you enough for showing me such a wonderful time. <laughs> thank you. You are a wonderful group. Uh -huh.